Welcome to Inside Groove, the only motorsports show where super modifieds are king, methanol is aromatic, and the drivers carry their balls in a bag. Inside Groove is powered by IPC Indy, creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Here's your host and fellow superholic, Tom Baker. Hello and welcome to the Inside Groove Supermodified Podcast. My name is Tom Baker. This is the first uh, post-classic episode that we're doing. It's episode 127, if you're counting, officially. And so what's in the number later on when we get to that will be the number 27. And um, some interesting stuff about that number. So we'll have some fun with that later. Um Boy, I, where do I even start here? First of all, I want to thank uh, John Nicotra and Rich Worth, JNS Paving and Nicotra Racing for supporting our coverage of Classic Weekend. And th- they'll be rewarded handsomely. Of course, uh, Rich is a um, full-time supporter of this show and um, has been a great friend uh, to me and to Supermodified Racing. So, um but John's going to get mentions for ages because all of the content that sort of comes out of my trip to classic, we're going to mention him in. So um, everybody thank John for helping make my trip up there possible because without it, the next several weeks of content wouldn't have been possible either, at least most of it. So um real excited about some of the drivers and other personalities we got coming up uh, not just inside of in, in, of groove shows, but we may put some of it out just as solo content for you, um, which uh, gets into one of the big advantages of having the new Steering Wheel Nation hub. And if you don't know what that is, if you interacted with any of the content over the weekend that we put out or the 350 piece that we put out uh, this morning, well, you've interacted with the hub. Because that's where it all is. Eventually, that's going to replace our website. We just there are a few pieces of it that aren't quite finished up yet. So once we have those done, and everything is the way it's going to be, um, there's still a few channels we haven't finished, etc. Once we get all of the community channels finished up, and we move, then we'll move the URL over, and it'll just be steeringlenation.com. That's where all of our stuff's going to be centralized we will no longer be sharing all of it to social um, because, well, two reasons. One, it takes too much time, honestly. It just does. Um, it's It takes me, uh, by the time I share it to all of the groups, share it to, you know, two different, uh, two or three different other Facebook places and then share it to Twitter, share it to, you know, Instagram or whatever. Um it just takes way too much time. And so if with the amount of content that we want to produce, if we can just have it in a centralized place and share some of it out and tease some of it, just if everybody comes in and then the other advantage to this is that it's an interactive, just like a Facebook group, really without Facebook, um, which is, which is awesome. So we'll be able to, it's a chat. You can chat with each other. You can interact, comment, like, whatever the content. And, and um, so and so, we're going to be able to do some live stuff, some giveaways. Um, you know, we're going to have some fun. That's what that's what we build it for. Um, we really want to run a 
revolutionize and remonetize short track racing digitally. I mean, we have a NASCAR channel, an F1 channel, an IndyCar channel. If you want all that stuff, just click when you register, just check the boxes, whatever content you want. The two I encourage you to make sure you have, besides the homepage channel, um, are Super Modifieds and Shows and Podcasts. Those two are the two that you, you make sure you check. And then anything else you like that we have. Um, and if you don't see much content in some of the channels, don't worry, it's coming. We, we literally are just finishing it. So <laughs> we're going to bring in a lot of outside content. The whole idea is I want you to be able to get all your content in one place. So you don't have to, you know, chase around to 800 different places to see the content you like. There will be some channels that are coming that we don't have yet. Want to do a modified one, for example. Um, but, um, you know, we're going to start with what we have and then uh, build more. And so um, the other thing that's cool is not only will you see every piece of content in the channels, but um, if you're away for a little while from it, you'll get a newsletter either daily or weekly. You choose it when you register daily or weekly that only brings to you what content you've chosen. And so everything's personalized. And if you already saw a piece of content and interacted with it, it won't be in your newsletter. And if you've seen all the content, let's say you choose a weekly you know, newsletter and you you really active in there and you've seen everything for that we put up about super modifieds, it won't send you a newsletter. So it's not about spamming. It's not about anything. It's really a, an amazing piece of technology. Um, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to 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 interact through. So we want to build a nice community here. So um so please do register. Okay, so what's coming up on this show? We have two interviews we're going to bring you. We've got a interview with Dave Danzer and then we've got an interview with Joe Gozik. Now the Danzer interview um we we did after the classic, obviously, and uh, same with the Gozik interview. Now we have longer pieces with both of them coming in the future. We just need um, we just need to get there. But um, in the meantime, I want to make sure you heard from Dave, and we wanted to get Joe because obviously there is a lot of talk going around about whether or not this would be his last classic. So we asked Joe the question. You'll hear his answer later on. Um, in the show and but we've got a bunch more content coming on future shows and hopefully the next show we'll have camden on i just didn't have time this week to um try to work his schedule and mine are often um clash <laughs> so we're just both really busy guys so um didn't have time to catch him for this show but i wanted to get him on the next one and we'll we'll deep dive into the races each race when when that show happens so i just want to give a couple of quick thoughts on you know in this show in this spot um we'll start with a super modified race first of all had to be gutted had to be gutted for mike barnes and um sorrel racing good grief i mean two years in a row to have that happen where you're leading and in position to win I know they won the race once, and that's probably of some small comfort, but man, oh man, it just shows you how hard to win these races, how hard it is to win the Classic. You know, Michael, to me, he drove the perfect race, saved his stuff, 
went when he thought he should. And, you know, you can discuss overflow or you can discuss maybe he pushed it a little too hard at the end, could have, you know, run a little slower and still maintain the lead or whatever. Um, I don't, you know, we don't have spotters and we don't have, you know, big pit boxes with crew chiefs with all kinds of data in front of them to tell you exactly what lap you're going to run out of fuel on. So I don't know what, what we could expect out of Michael or the team for that matter. I, I just, I don't know what you do different. Um, it, it just, you know, but on the other side of that, obviously, um, just thrilled for Dave Danzer. And this was the, the really the perfect year for him to win it. Um, and, and dedicate it to Mike Murphy and to Ron Sharkey. I mean, that, you know, just um, sometimes the timing is just right. And I think this year the timing was right. And, and Dave really did a, a great job in that race. Um, so uh, he'll talk about it later on when you hear his interview. Um, Allison slowed. Amazing. My gosh, that might've been her best drive. I know that she's been to victory lane. I understand that. And that's, it's, it's, it, that's an accomplishment that will live on forever that she was the first female to win a feature at the Oswego Speedway. However, uh, when you finish on the podium in the classic and she really had a shot to win it, that's, um, that's just, to me, that's another level. So she did a great job and it was good because her teammate Otto Sitterly had probably his worst classic ever. Um, and that's a shame because uh, Otto had a shot. And, um, you know, again, you don't know how long Otto's going to keep even driving. They uh, they did buy another car. So uh, they bought the John McKennedy, former John McKennedy-driven Super. And that's a, that's a good car. So I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do with it. It's a top-wing-based car. Um, so I don't really know what that means, but... Um, they bought that. So, uh, I guess we'll see Otto still in the driver's seat, at least, um, you know, somewhat next year, one would presume. And we'll see if he runs that at Evans Mills, maybe this weekend. So, or next weekend. So, uh, that, that'll be interesting. Um, and I want to comment too, just a little bit on, uh, Bobby Santos, because Jeff West told me after the race that Bobby had a steering issue that that uh, started on about 130, lap 130 or so, I think he said. And um, I don't know. He told me what happened, but I can't remember exactly what it was that that uh, broke or malfunctioned. But um, it required Bobby to, to, to turn the steering wheel a lot more in order to get it to turn, if that makes sense apparently and uh jeff said i don't know how he i don't know how he did it uh how he finished um and you know jeff was obviously disappointed because they felt like they had a car to win and you know that apparently kind of hindered his late race charge he wanted to make but bobby did a tremendous job with it to to get that finished so we'll talk more about classic with cam on the next show but uh, congratulations to John Nicotra. Great turnout of cars. Um, over 30, as we expected. They started 31. It was a shame that Dave Dugan and Dave McKnight couldn't start because he obviously wanted to see everybody in the field. And um, 
gosh, I hate it for McKnight and Morty, more engine problems for them. Uh, and Dugan had something break going into three and just crashed hard into the foam. That was certainly a, a, a time when, when you thank God for the foam because that was a pretty high-speed crash, and it ripped up the car pretty good. And um, so he wasn't able to start, but hopefully they'll be able to fix it and get back out for, for next year at some point. Um, so uh, great to see that many cars. Congratulations to John Nakotra, because that was basically a lot of his doing was to be able to, you know, to, to get the, make that part of his challenge series, which Otto ended up winning anyway, despite his miserable classic runs. So there was <clears throat> some consolation there as well. Moving on to the SBS race. Um, well, he started Mike Bond on the pole. <laughs> what do you expect when you start Mike Bond on the pole? Um, outside pole, front row. Um, Danny K might have had something for him. We'll never know because Danny ran into an issue when he that second lap crash happened and he ended up getting a flat tire. So um, his car was was rocket fast. It looked like in the opening couple of laps and he did run second behind Mike for a while way back. But, um, you know, the car was I think the tire was going down through that and so i don't think danny was i don't think danny was able to get the speed out of it and he finally had the flat so uh that was a tough break for those guys because it again we'll never know it would have been fun to see if he could have beaten his mentor um other than that nobody had anything for bondy um mike had him covered as he always does and here's the deal with that i'm just gonna um i'm just gonna say this as great a driver as Mike obviously is, you've got to have a great race car or it doesn't matter. That 74, I'll ask you two questions. First of all, when's the last time you saw the car break? Second of all, when's the last time you saw the car not be one of the two or three fastest cars at the track? So credit to his team you don't win nine of these and he really should have 11 he was dq'd in one of them and last year he took himself out um he made a rare big mistake and took himself out and robbie worth with him um or he'd have won that too he should have 11 of these wins so you know that i you can you can give all the credit you want to mike but you better give credit to the race car and the race team too. That car is always miles, not just a little, miles better than every other car on the track. Now, again, we can, you know, Danny K maybe this time, but we'll never know. Um, but uh, he would have been the only one. Nobody else in the field had anything for that 74 car. Andrew Shartner gave it every shot he could without wrecking them both. And Andrew's not going to do that. That's not his driving style. It's good to see him get second. He's had some really bad luck this year, a couple of hard crashes, and did end up getting a, a, a feature win. So it was nice to see because they came a long way over the weekend. They were not among the fastest cars uh, at first, and they really worked hard to dial it in. And um, it's a small group of gentlemen there, Andrew and his dad. And, um, 
a couple of other folks that help out. That's it. And so um, definitely good to see him finish in second. And, and again, we'll, we'll go through more of it with Cam on the next show. And then uh, the 350 race, Jeb Battle is almost becoming the Mike Bond of the 350 class, isn't he? And again, um, Jeff is probably one of the best drivers in that field. I think we could say he might be the best driver in the field as far as experience with the 350s. He's won, he had won three out of the first five of those classics going in. But the car was not good in the first part of the race. He started fifth, I think, and was falling back through the field. His brother spun like eight laps in, and Jeff was able to get to the pits. And whatever they did while he was in the pits for adjustments, woke that car right up, and he blew through the field, took the lead from Jim Storris, who'd held it the entire race until that moment, and then went and won. Went on to win. Four out of six. So, I again, it is no matter how great you are as a driver, you got to have the race car to match. And, you know, in the team to match. And, and Mike Bond has that. Jeff has that. It's just hard to beat them. And I think if you look at the big block super modified class, that's, that's why you're, that's part of the reason. I mean, there's some, I think there's some arrow kind of car mechanics, uh, situations obviously that that can be worked on, and I think they're trying to do that. But part of the the thing with the super modified class right now is you have a whole bunch of really great drivers and teams, and the cars, so many of them are very even in speed. So what happens there is you don't get the the same guy winning every week because so many people so close. It's harder for somebody to get on that kind of role. So. Um, the 350 race, congrats to Jim Storris. That was a drive, man. He, I thought he was going to win it. I think that was probably his best run at Oswego, I think, wasn't it? Um, not sure. He maybe he snuck a feature win at some point. I can't remember it if he did, but it's possible. But boy, he, he did a really nice job. And unfortunately for some other folks like Robbie Worth and Talon Hawksby and, um, I mean, even Ryan Battle had to, obviously go to the back because he spun and he had to come back through. He did get fifth, but um, you know, Dave Cliff didn't have his greatest day. You know, Josh Sokolik, who we thought probably would be uh, certainly a contender for the win. Boy, he, again, I mean that, that something, somebody started a voodoo doll about him a couple of weeks ago, I think, and we're just putting pins in it. He won the track championship, had a great season until the last couple races. And then, it, it kind of, you know, when luck's bad, it's bad, right? Um, so I hate that for Josh. But, you know, so there were, you know, again, it's it's good, good luck, bad luck, just depends who you're talking about. And that's classic weekend for you. But all three of them were great races. And honestly, if you did not watch Friday night's races, that's your loss. Because, boy, the, I think those two races were the best two races of the weekend. Um, Garrett Zacharias in the super stock race had to work super duper hard to, um, to, to get by, uh, Gustafson and Gusty just threw everything, but the kitchen sink to get back by him. He just couldn't do it. 
But that race was a great race between those two and a lot of passing through the field and even three wide racing. And same in the compact class. Two and three wide, all feature long. The top two were dicing in traffic side by side. I mean, it was just so much fun to watch those two classes on Friday night. They did a great job. And despite a power outage that uh, kind of brought everything to a halt for what was it? Maybe 30, was it 35, 45 minutes, whatever, maybe close to an hour. I don't know. I don't think it was that long, but, um, for a time we'll say, uh, the racing was great. So congratulations to Jody London on his part of it. And then on Saturday, the modified, I don't think the modified race, the tour race was all that great. To be honest, I really don't. Um, you know, it wasn't one of the better, more competitive and, and exciting tour races we've had. I don't really know why that was, but it, it just, just kind of the way it went. Um, but great to see Ron Silk get the win. And I mean, the, the sportsman race that's been supposed to be run for what, about three years now and kept getting rained out. Um, I mean, the one year, I think it was 2020, right? So it just no racing, but um putting it on classic weekend i think was the best thing they could have done to be honest because it um it's a natural pairing with the the tour uh division and um and that was to me that was a much better race even if there were you know a fair number of cautions in it but um Jody London just did an amazing job as far as i'm concerned and and really attaboys to everybody involved because the, the first of all, the weather was spectacular, except for a little rain on Saturday night that, that obviously played some havoc for a little bit, but not long. Um, and then, you know, Friday and Sunday were beautiful, just beautiful days. So um, it was great to see everybody and um, especially great to, um, to, to meet Robert Metcalf. Um, that was the high, one of the highlights of the weekend for me, besides seeing the little deuce out there. Um, and, and yes, we've got tons of photos we're going to share with you as well. So expect some more galleries coming, um, and stories, etc. And we've got something very special that we're going to be, we're going to have a segment. Um, maybe we'll do it on next week's show, or it might even be a separate show, um, about the little deuce. And I've got something really special that was handed to me that um, with some information on it, I'm just going to leave it at that. But um, it, I got, cause I have to, it's handwritten. So I have to kind of go through and get familiar with it. And I just haven't had time yet this week to do it, but we've got a, a feat. We'll call it a feature on the, on the deuce and um, the, the uh, restoration of it. Uh, that that's coming so excited for that we'll get to that as soon as we can be patient please um but we'll get it out there so that was fun but meeting robert metcalf was awesome um as all of you know robert's one of our biggest supporters here and um just a super super nice guy and he's been he's been through the the, the mill with cancer and and still has some more treatments coming etc but i i I'm praying every day that he is on the recovery road. And it was just so awesome that, um, 
he was able to be up on his feet and at the classic and to present Warren Conium with a nice photo and, um, and explain kind of the, the history behind that photo. And I didn't even realize that it was tied to the episode I did with Warren. I did not, um, Robert may have mentioned that before when he told me he was going to present him the photo, but I didn't remember it if he did. And so, um, that that's humbling. I mean, I just, that's why I love doing the show. Um, and again, um, you know, just to be able to, to shake his hand and, and, um, you know, and finally meet him face to face was great. And Warren was very appreciative as he always is of anything that the fans do for him. I remember somebody handed him at one of the last, um, driver reunions I was at the old timers deal. Somebody handed Warren a model replica of handmade model replica of the Rutledge rocket 46 that he used to drive. And, and he was just blown away. And, um, so it, uh, that was fun. And so Robert, um, thank you. That was, um, just to be a part of that was honestly an honor. And, um, you know, I, I, it was great to say hello and, and just keep fighting, buddy. You're almost there. So um, it was all good. And uh, so much more I could talk about. We've already been almost a half hour in the opening segment. You know I don't like to do that. So um, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to present our interviews back to back. So there's going to be no break between them. Well, maybe just a second or two of dead air. But um, we're, we're going to start with Dave Danzer and roll right into Joe Gozik. And then we'll come back and, um, and continue with the show and roll into what's in the number. So uh, stay tuned for more of this episode. First, post-classic episode of the Inside Groove Super Modified Podcast right after this. Experience the age-old Irish hospitality at LaGroff's Pub and Grill, Oswego's premier local spot to grab a cold one and cheer on your favorite sports teams. Stop in for an ice-cold beer alongside some exceptional pub fare. Burgers, wings, chicken sandwiches, Philly cheesesteaks, soups, and more. You want it, they've got it. Served up with more than 40 years of awesome customer service. Have a friendly game of darts against players from across the world. That's right, players from across the world. Where else in Oswego can you go to play darts against somebody from across the world? That's crazy. Watch the games on their eight big screen TVs or just relax at Oswego's Neighborhood Bar and Grill. LaGroff's Pub, 187 East 10th Street in Oswego. Check them out on LaGroff's.com. In the pits, after the 67th Annual Budweiser International Classic at the Oswego Speedway, and I'm standing here with Dave Danzer, Classic winner. How does that feel? That sounds pretty nice. I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, this is this is just this is just unbelievable for to have that happen. I didn't expect that, so. Uh, I thank all my guys for one. That's the first thing I got to start. My father for putting me where I am. I mean, he's been here. I mean, I remember coming in here as a kid, and he used to count cars. And you know, our biggest highlight right now, Classic Weekend, was winning the Bud Light B Main from the when the year my uncle broke his foot. So 
I mean, this is just unbelievable for the time and dedication that we put into this. I mean, we've always been kind of a sweeper. I always feel like that people, we really don't get a lot of credit. I mean, I've won some big races here, and it's like, you know, it's always like we're always the afterthought. So we put it on the outside pole. I knew I got a fast car here Friday, so I knew we were going to be good today. I mean, I was on them earlier. Our brakes were kind of messed up, and I didn't like them, so I was worried about that, but they were right on the 200. They were perfect. You go ahead and keep signing, and we'll keep talking here. Now, you led the first 165 laps, I think it was. Yep. And I think some people were starting to wonder if maybe you were just going a little too hard here, and maybe you ought to slow down a little bit. And I think I even heard Ritzkis say something about that on the, uh, the PA system. Now, talk about that because it didn't look to me like you were abusing the car at all. I didn't abuse the car at all. I was I was never wide open until about 30 to go, 40 to go. I mean, I, I mean, I was just trying to be patient. I was watching the board, seeing who's there. I didn't want to get too far ahead. So uh, uh, I just I just knew I had to keep my distance. And when you know lap traffic, the car got tighter, and I couldn't really quite rotate as good. That's where Michael got me. Kind of lap traffic, he used me as a pick. So. I knew if I kind of got back out in front, I think I would have been all right. But he kind of checked out there. It took me a little while to get rolling again because the car got really tight. But it just, it just, it was just my luck. I knew Barnsley was going to be close on fuel. We put an extra five gallons in that thing, and that paid off. Well, it sure seemed to. Um, and so now, last lap, you're second. I mean, what's going through your mind here? Was there Eddie Bellinger coming over to congratulate Dave? And um, what was going through your mind there on the last lap? I mean, you've seen this happen before. All of a sudden, you notice that Barnsley's and Pat Abold every... Thank you so much, Pat. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. All the stars coming over to congratulate Dave during our interview here. That's great. I love it. So, last lap, when you see Barnes start to, to go bad, what goes through your mind? I never saw him. The sun was in our eyes, so all I saw was kind of oh, wow. like the white. And all of a sudden, I look, and there's a car basically stopped in front of me. And look, I was going to go high, and then last minute, he turned left. So I had to crank that thing hard right, and I actually snapped free on entry a little bit. So Wow. Yeah, so we, it was close. Were you worried close. about Allison at all? Because it looked for a second like she was going to go right by both of you. Yeah, I was. I, I, uh, I knew I had enough motor because the car never lacked for power. It had good drive. And I just, I knew I had to get out of four. If I got out of four and just pounded out, I pounded on that thing the last two laps. Usually, hell, those are time trial laps. I drove as hard as I could there. I just, they weren't gonna beat me in the line with that motor. Okay, thank yous one more time, whoever you wanna thank. My father for one, I gotta thank him. I gotta thank my, my dad and mom. I gotta thank the girlfriend Paige, cause she's been, She's been on me. I went to a concert Friday night. And I wanted to come down here and party, but I went and stunt time with her, so that thing that might have helped out. Uh, I got to thank Chris, Steve Wallace, two dedicated guys. They're in the garage. I've, I mean, they are diehard dudes that put their heart and soul in this. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Who else am I missing here? Brandon Carr. He's got four staples in his head from Friday. Uh, my sisters, my mom. I'm trying to think who else. Ian Van Moven's been doing tires. People told me, don't let Ian do tires. Oh, he can't read a tape measure because he's Canadian. They well, lied. Well, well, he hit it right on today. So Way to go, Ian. I'll take it. Yeah, are you going to give Ian half of the 20 grand? In Canadian? Or asphalt. <laughs> Canadian or asphalt? Canadian or American, I mean. Wow. Yeah. And you haven't even started partying yet. Not yet. <laughs> I'm still shell shocked, but. Uh, I bet you are. But it's okay. How much is left? So, 10, 10 gallons. There you left. go. 10 gallons of fuel left. That other five you put in. Definitely. So, 
It helped out. helped. Okay. Um, well, congratulations on the win, and uh, I assume next year, same program. Absolutely. We're going to come back. Are you going to Evans Mills? Yes, sir. We're going to be at Evans Mills with a top wing. We've ran really good with a top wing, and we're going there with a lot of momentum right now in cloud nine. So. Classic can be cruel, and classic can be kind. And it was cruel to Michael Barnes, awfully kind to Dave Danzer. First ever classic win today. Way to go. Thank you so much, Tom. Good job, Joey. Yeah. What a, you know, whatever. In the pits after the 67th annual Budweiser International Classic 200 at the Oswego Speedway with a driver who is as old as the race. Joe Gozik has been running classics since 1980. And today, he was once again in the field. Unfortunately, it didn't end well for you. Joe, talk a little bit about what happened there. Um, just got caught up in an accident. Um, you know, uh, unfortunately, I got bumped there early in the race, and I lost like four or five spots, and then five guys got ahead of me, and um, uh, they just... Uh, one got sideways and blocked the track. Another guy come in, and then I got on the brakes and tossed the thing around, and and then I, you know, knocked the rear wing off. It didn't hurt the car other than that, but you know, so just enough just to put you out. Enough to knock us out. Yeah, the wing was knocked off. The way we're done. You yeah. know, you're down laps. You really need nothing to gain. Right. Um, but we. The bottom line is, we're not quick enough. And and when you start back there, that's what happens. You know, it, it, typically, if you look at everything, you know, if you can't run up with in the clean with the clean cars and not trouble, that's what happens. You get caught up in stuff that happens like that. It's um, we just for some reason we can't put a good car under me. Come classic day in the sunshine, we don't run it all in the sunshine all year, but we just you know I was just hanging on, and I was back in twentieth. You know, you, you need to go forward, and we didn't have the car to go forward. How has this race changed over the years? Um, obviously, the cars have changed tremendously. Has that changed the classic race? Um, I don't think so. I, you know, they're going faster, um, and that that might make the ability to pass people tougher, which it does because the speed is greater. And, you know, track will only. You only run so fast around the track, and so on the outside, typically the, the speeds are running. To, to pass somebody outside, you're going to have to really, I'm thinking, you know, if you look back and see who passed who, it probably wasn't on the outside. And that's unfortunate, but I think the speeds are so great that you got to get under people. And, and uh, you know, I think it, the speed has decreased the competitiveness, I think. And I think that's your biggest, the biggest issue. Um, the cars aren't mechanically uh, tricky as far as they are aerodynamically. And when you got arrow, you know, you get behind somebody with the arrow, takes the arrow off your whole car. So now you got a car that pushes instead of. So then, how do you race somebody when you're behind somebody pushing? You can't, can't get a run on them. So I, I just, you know, it just changed so much. The speeds are way up compared to your typical classics, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. But uh, I think, you know, you still got a lot of quality young guys running. Uh, For sure. You know, still got a great field. So I had a great field today. I mean, there was 30 decent cars. Absolutely. 31, whatever. And that's a positive because 
I think Classic has dwindled a little bit, you know? Yeah. I think trying to get the ISMA together with the Swale Runners and, you know, give and take on that. You know, you follow us with the wings and we'll, I think, I think that's paid off somewhat. So, you know, you get the, the Ordways here and the Samets and people that well, are racers. And, um, and you can still have a good show, which I think is a decent show. I mean, you know, I, I watched most of it, unfortunately, but... <laughs> well, Alicia, yeah, yeah, it, in that sense, you certainly were able to uh, to pay attention to what was going on there. And you see somebody like Michael run dry on the last lap. I mean, it's such a fine line, isn't it, between running just hard enough when you need to and running a little too exactly. hard and exactly. using up too much fuel. Exactly. Um, you know, he, two years in a row, he's had the best car this day, and he's had the... He's the best driver this day, and not to come up short, you know, that's, that's tough on the swallow. I mean, I think they, they increased their fuel capacity, and they still ran out. They got some fuel-eating motors on those things, evidently, because uh, I don't, you know, he kind of ran pace most of the race, the rest of them, and they made it. So, unfortunately, it's too bad. Uh, but I think uh, they, they got an engine that likes fuel. <laughs> okay, so you and I have been friends a long time. i got to ask the question. You're 67 years old. You've run, what, 43 or 44 classics now. Is this your last one? I'd say a 50-50 chance. Yeah, I, I really got to look at the look at what we're doing and where we're at with our equipment. And then, then you know, I'm no kid anymore, you know. I, I don't feel physically that I'm beat. Maybe I won't take as many chances as some of the kids in that, but physically I feel I can, I can still wheel the car. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you got to really look at and be realistic about, you know, where you're at with your program. Um, uh, Machinery-wise, you know, car-wise, engine-wise, uh, personnel. Like, uh, really don't have a, a crew chief, so to speak. You know, so I'm out there trying to cipher, and I really don't have anybody that has any background as to things that they've learned over years and years that some of these guys have. Um, and, I, and none of this is making excuses. It's it's reality. Sure. You know, yeah. um, we took a shot at it today. Uh, Cole Smith, my best friend, Bobby S Smith's son, he's awesome. He's young. He's learning. But it, it's, it's tough to, you know, to learn the stuff that these people have 20, 30 years of experience. So, I just gotta be realistic about where we're at. It, it is, is it my best interest to continue or, we'll have to see. I wish I could give you a better answer. Well, you gave me an honest one. That's if all I would've ever asked for. Today, I would've said probably with a decent run, which I was hoped for, um, you know, I would've been more than positive to run some more, but we'll see. Okay, you, do you still have the dirt car? Will you be running that Super Dirt Week? <laughs> we have the dirt car. It's a sportsman. <laughs> it's my job to ask the question. It's your it, job to answer. <laughs> it's tough, but we're going to... I changed... Uh, a guy through Troyer. It's an old Troyer car. He gave me some... A new left side panner rod thing, and I put all that in it. So I got to at least try it one more time before I... Not necessarily here, but I'd like to go some of the short tracks here while the, our season's over, pretty much, except... Uh, Evans Mills. We might do that with a wing. Cool. We haven't run That'd any wings. Cool. We haven't run any wing stuff because we suck so bad. So I, we might give it a shot. You know, it's not far away. And 
end our season like this, maybe we can go up there and and uh, hey, Chris, How are you, Joe? and try to see if we can gain a little ground on it. Well, if this is it, you've you made the Indy 500. You've done a lot of your career that other drivers would only dream to do. Yeah. Are you happy with the career that you've had up to this point? For sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I can't even go back that far when I started, with no aspiration ever getting to where I did. You know, I wasn't your, uh, you know. Kyle Larson or something with that kind of talent, you know, it, it, I grew into it, it took me five years, four years to win a feature, um, from there, you know, it, it, we got better and better, and we had, and, and the people that I've had with me forever has just been phenomenal, and the experiences we've experienced all over the country, Indianapolis, California, you know, wherever we chased it. Uh, my wife, I mean, just so many great memories and friends. I, I would never give up a thing. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy where I am. If this is it, so be it. I'm, I mean, I, can, I, I haven't looked back on it much because I'm still doing it, but I, I, I'd be totally pleased. And I, I'm hoping I can deal with not going to the racetrack because I've done it for 44 years to this place every Saturday night. <laughs> Somebody would say, you're freaking crazy. You are crazy. To go around circles that many, that many years. And the question, which is a great one, is what possesses you to keep going year after year? And it's a great question. I don't have an answer. I guess it's a passion and a competitiveness in me that I want to prove that I can win. But now we've you know, gone past that. that. So it is what it is. But no, I wouldn't give up anything for it. I've been fortunate, uh, great people, sponsorship. Thank whoever you want here. Go for it. Take as long as you need. What's that? Thank whoever you want. Take as long as you need. No, I, I just, I, I can't name them all. But, you know, the Hanleys that have been with me since 1983, um, and they're still in the car. That's how many years? I mean, that's like 37 whatever years. I mean, you know, Todd Butler with Butler Disposal just freaking writes me a check no questions asked i stop and see him talk to him like i mean there's people today you know um quarterback john brush pays half my tire bill i mean i i didn't even ask him i mean just unfortunately uh, i think i've made a lot of good friends and they think i'm you know honest and whatever so they help me out it's great it's great there's more sponsors i get you know, I, I don't need to mention them all, but Bashaw's, the Bashaw family, been with me for, shit, I, it's got to be 30 years, I bet. Johnny and Junior and his father, John, great people. Uh, what else do we have? You know, we took on uh, Canales Insurance. Okay. He writes a yep. check, never asks for anything. Um, Soil County Monuments, they, they pitch in. Just people that come and hand me... You know, maybe we prod them a little bit, and then, sure, we'll help you out. You know, it's, it's been that my whole career. We've had so many sponsors that just willing to help me, and that's it's a testament, I think, to our team and our people around me, and, yeah. So it, it's it's all good, yeah. 
Yep. Joe Gozik has not said he's retiring. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. But congratulations on an amazing career, Joe. Hate that today didn't go better for you, but nonetheless, you get out of the car, you're in one piece, and you have the ability to make the decision about your future on your own. I agree. That's 100%. Thank you very much, Tom. Appreciate it. Okay, folks, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors here in Inside Groove, Indy Performance Composites. They're a premier composite design and manufacturing company creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Jeff West and his team are amazing. They do all kinds of work in the motorsports industry from dirt tracks to NASCAR to IndyCar, super modifieds. It doesn't matter if you've got something that you need designed or fabricated. Let them help you transform your idea, your vision and your budget into a workable, high performance solution. They have all kinds of services from 3D printing to finishing services, end-to-end -end composite solutions is what they are. Check them out, ipcindy.com or indieperformancecompositesinc.com and tell them that the folks from Inside Groove set you. Welcome back to the Inside Groove Super Modified Podcast. And now it is time for what's in a number. And this week we concern ourselves with the number 27 since it's episode 127. And this is a number that I actually, I like this number. It's a fun number. And we'll, uh, we'll get into this. Um, the now again, I must say that I didn't start going to the track till 1973. So anything before that is kind of a, a guess. Sometimes it's educated, sometimes not. Um, but it would have come out of a program or just, you know, hearing someone talk about something. Um, and in the case of the number 27, I feel like that's going to be the, the, the way we start here because the first 27 that I think I remember was before my time going to the track. But, um, I think in a program, I remember that there was an, gosh, it, I want to say Jack Thomas was the guy's name that drove it. Um, and maybe it was an Emin or Emin brothers car or something. Um, and then I, for some reason, I want to tie Wayne Landon into that too, but I'm not sure. Um, so again, I could be completely wrong and all that. And maybe Larry Trinka can help sort that one out. But then I think that the next one, which I also didn't see race was, um, gentleman, Jack Conley. I think he was 27, wasn't he? I think he was also 26 for a minute or two. And maybe it was because of this other 27 I just mentioned, but I'm not sure. But I think Jack's number, wasn't he 27? And that would have been, I think, like early 70s, maybe, you know, between 70 and 72. I don't think he raced in 73 forward. The first 27 I remember seeing on the track 
was Scott Wilson's 27, and this would have been in 1975, I believe. He bought a Kemp Dates car, the car that Kemp had raced from like maybe 72 or 73 forward. Um, Kemp had built a new one and sold the the car he had to Scott. It was a black and white number 27. Scott had raced there. He was out of Canada and he had raced there for a few years. He had run as... Um, maybe it was only a year that he raced, um, a year or two, maybe he raced as the number 43. And I think that was an old Bob Seelman car. And if I remember the story correctly, Bob Seelman bought it back and raced it in a classic or two. Bobby was out of Michigan. So Scott ran the dates car in 75 and then he bought a new dates car i don't know what he did with his with with that car but he bought a new dates car for 1976 raced that for just a year i think that kempton actually drove it in the last race of the season that year i think kemp got in it and finished like third if i remember right um and then uh, Scott sold it to fellow Canadian Russ Gray and Russ drove it in 77 and then um, started the 78 season with it, I think. And um, or was it? I'm trying to think. Did he? I, I can't remember if he lost his life in 77 or 78, but he, he ended up crashing it. I think it stuck throttle and turns one and two. I think it was the throttle. Um, I can't remember, but he had a hard crash and ended up losing his life. Um, and so I don't know what happened to the car after that. They may have just cut it up. Um, let's see. The next 27, I'm going to say would be, let's see, we're late seventies. I'm going to say Norris McDonald. His 27 would have been the next one. And now this is where it gets kind of fun because um, my brain get, gets a little fuzzy headed here. Um, I I think Norris actually raced the car a couple of times himself, but I think that he bought maybe his first car was uh, from Pat Murphy perhaps and i'm thinking that car would have been um i don't remember maybe it was the old barry can 66 which would have been it was the maybe the 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 car that barry had had brought to the track when he came back which would have been i think um the old swift car that he sold to ed dolly maybe at the end of what it would have been what 72 end of 71 because Don McLaren would have driven it I think that car became Barry Ken 66 later in the 70s and I think I think Pat Murphy bought that I think um and I think Norris bought it and I think maybe Pat ran it a little bit for him and I don't know maybe Dave Morton might have driven it a bit 
I can't remember. But then um, Norris had another car, and it was the car that Bobby Smith drove, and I was trying to remember what car it would have been. I, the, the thing that I connect it to is the, the Von, Van Staley car, 25 car, that was the old Herb chassis. Uh, that Brian won his feature with in 82. I think I that's the car that I want to make into the um, into the 27 that Smitty drove. Bobby Smith drove for Norris for a while, and, and, and Bobby did a good job for him. That was a good car. I think that's the car that it was. Um, and I, again, I don't know where it went. When Norris got out of owning a car, Norris became the infield announcer at the Oswego Speedway. And for those of you who are too young to remember Norris's days as the infield announcer, you missed something. Um, Norris was, and still I believe is, um, or at least as of maybe a year ago, I remember him still doing some some writing he was a he was a writer newspaper writer i think from from uh maybe toronto canada somewhere there over there and um and a good one and norris was sort of a robin miller type of guy as i remember in the way that he approached his media work but the infield stuff norris did such a nice job it was you just never knew what the guy was gonna say um and there was a there was a tradition that I think was started by Bill Foley. Now, again, if we just sort of if you'll allow me to take a little sidebar here and talk about the infield announcing, I'm not going to hit everybody who ever did it because I'll forget two or three because there there's been points where they've kind of changed almost every year. But I remember when I was going, Rich Goldstein was was the guy, and Rich was always fun. Um, <laughs> he was the one that said, it's almost like there's a full moon. There isn't, you gotta be looking for a full moon. Rich said one time there isn't one, but you gotta be looking for it. That's what he said. Um, <laughs> and, um, then, um, Bill Foley, I think took over for, for, for Rich. Because at one point, both Rich and Roy Silva lived somewhere down here in North Carolina. I don't know. I don't remember where. Maybe up toward Raleigh somewhere or something. I'm not sure. And I also think that either Roy worked for Rich or the other way around. I can't remember. It might have been Rich working for Roy. It was I think it was radio work. I think they worked at a radio station. Um. And so Bill Foley took over the infield announcing, and I think it was Bill that started the classic walk. I don't remember nor uh, I don't remember Rich ever doing it, but he might have. But I remember Bill doing it. Bill Foley's classic walk was just absolutely awesome. And if again, if you're too young to remember this, what he would do is when the cars all lined up, the drivers got in the cars for the classic on the grid on the, you know, on their little starting spots, Bill would start at the back of the field and do a walk up through the field. and would talk about, you know, each driver and it, he, he put some drama into it, built the tension, you know, so it was kind of a tension and release sort of thing. Um, you know, get all the way, get all the way up to the front row. And then they, I think that's when they would do the push rocks, take him away. Um, 
and I got to do it one year, and and I, um, one of the highlights of my life, honestly, was doing that classic walk. I know I didn't do it justice the way Bill did, um, at least in my my mind. I didn't live up to what I expected, what I had hoped to do with it. But um, but but Bill did a brilliant job, and when Norris, uh, because I, that's how I did it, is is Norris. There was one one time he couldn't be there for classic, so I did it. I did uh, the infield, but um, Norris, uh, he would put his own sort of, you know, Norris McDonald humor into it. So so I can't remember who it was, but somebody was an old mongoose. (laughs) The old mongoose. Uh, And then somebody, I think it was Mort, something about he hasn't hasn't bought a new suit, fire suit in 40 years or something. It was just... (laughs) You just never knew what the guy was going to come out with. Um, And, you know, he was just a great guy. He just loved it. He loved the Swiggo. He loved the Supers. Um, I saw him one of the last classic weekends I was up, maybe 18 or 19, I want to say it might have been. I I saw Norris there, and he, you know, um, it was great to see him. He he was just, he he was very passionate about his work much like you know i am and and you know almost anybody in the media is but he just had a really cool way of expressing thoughts sometimes so norris was entertaining and uh but he, he started his car owner and i i think he did drive his own car a couple times but i don't think he raced much you always had other drivers in the car and i might have missed a couple um so after I think, and and again, I think I got the order right. After Norris was done with the 27, Ed Shea came to a swiggle, and he might have been there with, because there was, I know that I remember Ed Shea running his 37 with Russ Wood and maybe Randy Ritzkis sometimes, and I think some of it might have been a two-car team, but then I think maybe he showed up a few times when Norris still was there with with his car, 27. But uh, uh, Ed Shea, uh, Shea Concrete, um, Ed, uh, had the 27 for a number of years and Russ Wood was just a fantastic racer still is, uh, ran the classic this year in the 41 car for, uh, Johnny Coloca. He's been driving that for a couple of years now, but, um, you know, Russ just, he was awesome. And Randy Ritzkis drove some for him. And I think Gary Albritton might have driven uh, a race or two for him. And uh, there was a classic. I think I think Eddie Bellinger's last two classics, if I remember right, I think one of them was for Shea, Shea Racing, and it was an, they made it 02 for him. And the other one, I think, was for Howie Page. I think that was his last classic drive was for Howie. Uh, Howie built a car for Eddie. It was 02. Um, and Eddie ran that car. I don't think he necessarily did fantastic in either of those two cars, but it was just, you know, he, he was still having fun. And, um, I think it was after that, that he stopped. Um, so, but, but the Shea, uh, Shea concrete 27 was at a swiggle for a number of years. And then one of those Shea cars, was sold to Jeff Carson. Now, I I must admit here that for the first time ever for this What's in the Number segment, 
I've kind of cheated, um, but it was it was because Jeff and I have been great friends for a long time. I sold cars for Jeff um, at one point, and I I didn't want to botch this, and I would have botched it miserably. I spent a, a good amount of time over the weekend uh, talking to Jeff and and sat with Jeff and and Robbie Gunther and everybody up in the stands during the Sunday races, and um, so you know we we and I ended up knowing this was coming i i wanted to to make sure i got this part right at least so i i did cheat a little bit um and so uh i would have never known that jeff the car jeff bought was a shea car and here's the thing like there's so much of the detail um because it was right around that time that i started getting involved in other things and moved out of the area and it was so i don't remember a ton about Jeff's time as a car owner in that car with that car, that 27. And I did not remember that Dave McKnight drove it in the classic. And Jeff tells me that Dave still talks about how that was one of the best cars he's ever driven. Um, had a good run with it and, uh, didn't know that Doug Didero, he thinks Didero drove it. Um, and, um, Ritzkis, he said Ritzkis might've driven it, but the, the, um, the, I think that he said Daryl was leading the classic in it with like eight laps to go and the drive shaft broke, or maybe that was McKnight. I'm not sure. But, um, then you had, um, I remember the last driver he had was Joe Hawksby Jr. Joey drove the car and, um, I think it was the only classic Joe. It might've been the only one he, well, I don't know if it was the only one he started, uh, but it, it was the only one I believe that he finished and he finished like 11th. He did a nice job with it. Now the, but the big driver in the car was Joe Gozik. Joe won. Jeff says Joe won about nine features in that car. So, and, and now that Jeff reminds me it was a Shea car, it makes sense. Cause those cars were great cars. So um, Jeff had a, now, Jeff is a Jeff is going to do a show, future show, and and it's good. That'll be fun. And Jeff is not; he's never driven. Jeff's family is a different part of the Oswego Speedway culture and history. Um, Jeff's family, his parents owned, uh, they owned a newsstand, and I think if I remember right. It was on Bridge Street between 5th and 6th. East 5th and East 6th. Um, and uh, the original Garofalo's was just a couple doors down from Carson's, I think. And that the, the Garofalo's burned at one point. It had a big fire in there. And so they, I think they moved down further toward where they, they're, they're where they are now. They, they moved there from the other location. Um, and I think, uh, so Garofalo's now would be what, like East ninth, I think ninth or ninth or 10th on, uh, on bridge street, which is route one Oh four actually. Um, and, uh, but Carson's news was where I always got my programs when I was little. And, uh, I'll tell a, a, a story about that when, when Jeff's on the show. Um, but, uh, so that was, uh, and then his dad 
Fran ran the popcorn stand at the Speedway for a long time. The popcorn stand, the concession. And and then the other piece of this is that uh, is that um, his dad, his parents bought the Caruso Mansion. The mansion that Harry Caruso built, his Jeff's parents bought that, and I got to tour it. Um, Fran, I think it was just my mother and I, my brother, I don't know if my brother was there or not. Um, but I think, uh, I know it was my mother and I, we got to go there and, and Fran actually showed us through, it was shortly after he bought it. He actually showed us through it. Oh my goodness. For its time, Harry spared no expense there. Beautiful place. And, um, I think that, uh, Jeff's mom just sold it not too awful long ago. But um, so, so again, a different part of Speedway history. So I'm anxious to get Jeff to talk about that from his point of view and, and what he remembers growing up. And of course, Jeff is now um, back involved uh, with the number 10 um, small block SBS, uh, Mike Fowler is his driver. And Mike is going to be, there are a number of drivers that you will hear on the show on the, on, on either on a groove show or just as driver content, but there are a number of upcoming interviews we got to do. I just couldn't get them all done over the weekend, just you know, especially on Sunday. Cause you know, they kept the show moving. Um, and so uh, Jeff will be doing a show. I'm glad that uh, he agreed to do it. He let me talk him into it. It took me a little bit. He let him talk me into it. And I'm glad he did. Cause I think it'll be a fun show. And um, I'm sure we'll have a few stories to tell at least. Um, and it'll be fun to just uh, kind of discuss his parents' uh, different sort of connections like that. Um, so then the um, the limited super modified class had a number 27 that I actually was part of. Uh, Justin Shea raced for a couple of years with, with that number and then um, changed his number to 61 for the last uh period of time that he was a limited super racer um justin was the son of bill shea who um who for a few years here recently owned the utica rome speedway and then sold it and he had some health issues and ended up um he's he's with the lord now um i think he went home last year to be with the lord and and um man i still miss him because i would he and i would talk Every so often, he was one of those that I would just um, kind of call about, you know, just he, he was a good businessman and we'd just talk business and whatever, just talk about life, talk about racing. And um, but Justin ran. That was fun. Had a good time working with Justin. And I think uh, and Jeff Carson was one of uh, Justin's sponsors for a bit. So um, that was uh, that's a bit of a tie. And then. Uh, the, of course, the recent 27 is Eric Iosu, who's currently using the number. Um, that's his Isman number, but he's running it at Oswego now. I think, what was he, 11? See the 11 for a little while? Um, and then in Isma, apparently, well, the 11 is um, is uh, Ben Seitz, or Chris Purley was driving it then, um, Vic Miller's number. So, um Eric ran at pick 27 to run Isma with. 
And um, now he's using that car for his Oswego car. So um, good to see that Bodner car at uh, Oswego running with a tail wing. And Eric, uh, Eric got it going pretty good over the weekend and then got caught up in a wreck. So um, there are the 27s I remember. I mean, what, I probably rattled off, what, about six of them? And if you count the number of drivers that were in the Shea car, it was much more than that. So, uh, and Norris's car, and I might have missed a Norris driver here or there, but I think I got most of it right. It's a fun number, though, because a lot of different personalities involved with that number. You know, you throw Ritzkis in, Randy's, I, I, I always enjoy listening to Randy on the mic, um, and you you talk about, uh, and then Jeff Carson has, a, you know, always uh, has been fun, and, um, you know, you think about Norris McDonald, uh, you know, Gary Albritton. Just some um, some interesting personalities involved with that number. So um, if you can think of any more, throw them in the comments. Uh, but that's a that's kind of a fun number to fun number to think about for uh, you know for a number of different reasons. So that's what's in the number. Want to uh, once again take a minute to thank John Nicotra and Rich Worth for. Uh, the classic content sponsorships really appreciate that. And also to thank our regular sponsors, of course, Rich is part of our lineup of um, supporters here, corporate supporters, and and also um, Jeff West and IPC Indy. Um, golly, if Santos only hadn't had that steering problem, what could he have done? Um, Jeff told me, Afterward, he said, you know, I really wanted to win this, so I wouldn't have to do it again. I, he said, I didn't win it. I said, now you got to do it again. He said, now I got to do it again. So there's your first classic entrant for 2024, Jeff West and Three Stooges Racing with Bobby Santos. Coming back to take the classic in 24. Put it down. Um, <laughs> and, of course, uh, Sean Cathcart had the chance to grab a, a, a fish from uh, the infield stand there and um, actually had a burger um, from, I guess it would be LaGroff's, right, in the grandstand concession. So um, had a chance to support both of them uh, over the weekend. So uh, anytime that you can get to LaGroff's pub, please do so and do it regularly on East 10th Street in Oswego and make that a regular stop. Support those who support Supermodifieds, and Sean does big time. So Skip's Fish Fry is now a mobile truck. They don't have the um, the, the the restaurant anymore uh, in downtown. So um, LaGroff's Pub is the place to go. And there's always different food specials and things like that. And you got um, dart machines that let you play darts against people all over the world. That's that's insane to me. I, I just think that's so cool. Um, and um, so do support please. And, and if you need uh, your driveway or your parking lot paved, give Rich Worth a call. And of course, Jeff West can build anything. <laughs> you know, if you need something, just call him. engineering, manufacturing, that kind of thing. Um, fabrication. It, that old one just is immaculate. Absolutely immaculate. And by the way, I want to give a thumbs up to to uh, Michael Muldoon and his team because they had a bad crash at the beginning of last week in testing 
and uh, rebuilt the entire front end of the car and had it back and made the classic. And um, he probably set a record for most pit stops in a 200-lap race, but um, but I think he finished it. I'm not positive, but I think he did. So, uh, but that that's what you call commitment. That's somebody who wants to go racing. So great job, Mike and Michael and the team and um, to get that car back. And um, on the other side of the coin, if I could give a good luck award, I would, I would split it between Dave Duggan and uh, Dave McKnight, Gary Morton. Because McKnight Morton, uh, the 70 car, I think, blew a motor. And the and Duggan crashed hard in um, on Sunday and uh, destroyed the front end of the car. I think it did some damage to the back end too. But that car is going to need a lot of uh, TLC to get that get it back. So I uh, said something broke and and he you know he turned the wheel going into three, but 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 the, it didn't turn. So something in the steering broke or a suspension on that car and send it into the foam. And again, thank God for the foam. Um, surely did its job there. So I just hope that uh, Dave can rebuild the car. Hope it's not a write-off. They can get it back together and come back, try again next year. And um, just s- such a sad time for Dave McKnight. Um, you know, I wanted to see Dave come and have a really strong classic race after losing his dad, Dave senior. Um few weeks before and and i golly um i just hate that but uh i think i said you know at one point classic can be equal equal, classic is equal parts cruel and kind um and you know the the last two dave and dave are are examples of cruel and of course the other dave dave danzer is an example of kind right so and throw mike barnes into the cruel part of it too just uh, hate that but that's that's how classic goes and i want to also um add a boy dave Schillick because that i don't know you know exactly how his hand was at you know at, at the end of the classic or how you know that the finger broken finger was still you know affecting his driving or whatever but um for dave to finish third um in that race uh you know, I I think, you know, took some courage and and some want to, you know, you got to want to. He could have easily sat that race out and had someone else in the car, but that's not Dave Schillick Jr. So, um, and there's there's um, there's more that we can talk about, but I just feel like at some point you got to call it a day. And I want to save a lot of it for for Camden so we can get his uh, take too on things. So um, hopefully we'll get Cam on on our next show, which would be episode 128. Um, guess who the 28 is going to feature, right? Um, so uh, that should be fun to do what's in the number and talk about um, dates. Um, so <laughs> we'll get to that on the next show. So I, I want to thank all of you who listened and share. And again, gentle reminder, I, I'm going to do this for, for a while just because I got to, I, I want you guys to I want to become second nature that this is in, in existence, but please register for our steering wheel nation hub. 
it just click on the super modified channel and make sure you click on the shows and podcast channel as well because that's where these shows are going to be um we are going to have some fun we've already uh got some advertisers we're bringing on board in there um and again not going to bury you with ads but um you know we 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 are going to this this well, we've got one that that uh, we're we're bringing on board that's going to be uh, that's it's a great product you you're all going to want to try some of it if you haven't so excited for for where that can go we're going to do some giveaways and some live stuff um as we go forward we're going to have some fun with that so please where it says register do it and um you know, pick the content you like. Some of the channels, there's not a lot in yet. Don't worry about it. It's coming. And uh, we're going to have some fun creators in there. And, and so this is um, this is designed to be a uh, basically the neighborhood bar and grill for, for, for motorsports. And I say grassroots, but we've got all the big stuff in there, too. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll have all that, too. So um, as we continue on. So thank you for uh, all and uh your support and thank you for listening uh hope that you all have a great weekend and uh we'll uh look forward to talking to you on episode 128 um again lots of drivers coming up whether we put them inside of shows or just share the content on its own but we've got um quite a lot to 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 uh to get through over the next several weeks so um Stay tuned. We're cranking it up here on Inside Groove. Hope that you all have a great weekend. Be safe. God bless. And so long. You've been listening to Inside Groove, powered by IPC Indy, creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Find them on the web at www.ipcindy.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.